Welcome to Big Fish Stories, the podcast dedicated to telling the real outdoor stories of adventure, hunting, and fishing. For the outdoors men and women who get lost in the stories around the campfire, this is the place for you. My name is Tyler Hendricks, located in the great state of Idaho, and today I have with me my good friend and former high school teacher, taught me chemistry, what else did you teach me? Physics. Physics. Um, we did tug of war. Tug, we did tug of war in your class, yep. I don't. I think you had a lesson that you were going to teach about about uh, yeah, well, the heavier, friction. Yeah, yeah, and it, I remember it. So that was a great lesson. Uh, you were. I think you put on some shoes that would stick really well to the floor, and you were showing how even a littler guy could push a big guy. Yeah, because we. It was me against you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you. I remember you did it so hard at first that I just didn't move, and you're like, "Okay, I need to figure out how to create some more friction here." Uh, but yeah, all these amazing yeah. lessons, and one of the big lessons that you've taught me is every time I have a conversation with you, it's all about wild game meat, and I know that that's a big uh, source of nutrition in your life. You may be at the point where you only eat wild game meat. I don't know. Uh, but I'm excited yeah. to talk to you and catch up and see how things are going. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. And I, I think that that was just right on. Um, yeah, the only non-wild game are the pigs from Cary. Mm -hmm. And that was the one thing that was like, oh, we're going to do a elk grind. And I mm -hmm. like to add pork shoulder to that. I think mm -hmm. it makes a really nice elk burger. Oh, yeah. And, but that was from the store and my wife would always be like, oh, you just took that amazing thing. You're cheating. You're taking, yeah, yeah. And it's not wild game yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, so then I start thinking, well, I'll travel to Northern California and mm -hmm. I'll go do a, a pig hunt. Mm -hmm. And then I start thinking, no, I'm just going to raise pigs. So finally yeah. I got around to just raising the pigs, right. which was so great That's awesome. for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. And you were able to feed the pigs exactly uh, what you wanted to eat. <laughs> which actually, so that's another whole story too, mm -hmm. is like feeding the pigs. They needed a protein source. Mm -hmm. And so we started talking to the grocery stores and there's all the stuff that they just throw away. So mm -hmm. there's milk and eggs. And so I made a lot of, uh, you know, scramble. I scrambled eggs for the pigs yep. and they would have, they would have uh, cinnamon rolls that uh -huh. were expired. You know, the little Pillsbury break them open. Yep. And so I'm making cinnamon <laughs> rolls for the pigs. And so, I mean, they had the best life. It, they did. Uh -huh. And, and I just had, it was a great feeling to take something that was going to end up in the dumpster. That's mm -hmm. where it was going. If I didn't pick that stuff up, it was right. in the dumpster. And that was the hundred percent protein source for five pigs that we raised. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was probably like a thousand gallons of milk. Gosh. And I think we did like 600 dozen eggs. That's crazy. How fat were these pigs by the end? Uh, they were 300 pounders. <laughs> <laughs> there was, so the, the, uh, the one, uh, so Stu, uh, our head butcher in yep. Cary, we were, butchering this pig and so mm -hmm. i dispatched it and it's laying on the ground and he's a big guy he's mm -hmm. not quite as big as you but he's a big guy right so he grabbed two the hind legs mm -hmm. and i grabbed the front legs and we're just gonna pick him up onto this you know kind of a low wagon mm -hmm. and we couldn't budget and <laughs> we, we just expected to be able to kind of get it going yeah. and we didn't even move it. And we just started laughing and it's like, how, okay, how are we going to move this? Right. Thing? Right. Um, so they are, they were a lot bigger than any deer and well, you'd never have the opportunity to try to do something like that with an elk and it wasn't elk size, yeah. but they were big pigs and just so 
just ultimately so tasty. So for my wife, she met the pigs Mm -hmm. and they were, that's what I was going to ask. What happens when your wife meets the pigs and Uh, how do you do it? And they're so friendly. They are. They're so friendly and Mm -hmm. they're funny and you, and you're in the middle of summer and you spray the hose at them and they start bucking around and Mm -hmm. they kind of act like dogs and they're so smart. They have personality. Yeah. So that was like this tough part. Mm -hmm. And before the, pig before the pork came home, mm-hmm. Gina was saying, ah, you know, the turkeys, we did turkeys too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, before the pork came home, she was just like, really like, I don't, I don't think the pork is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Let's maybe not do the pork next year. Yep. And then the pork came home. <laughs> <laughs> it only took one taste. It took really, it really literally yeah. took one taste. And she was just like, this is so spectacular. Right. It's so good. Um, so I think that's why Cause I, I like the idea of raising my own animals and I'd love to do chickens at some point when I get some land. Uh, but I think that's why I hunt is because you, you know, sometimes you find uh, herds of deer that you get to know because you're not wanting to shoot any, uh, within that herd, you're looking for something different. And, and then it gets to the point where at the end of the year, you're like, I have to take something and this herd is still here, but now I've gotten to know them just a little bit and it's hard for me to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. I'm for sure that way with bears. I can't shoot a bear to save my life because every time I see a bear in the wild, it's doing something super cute. I've had, I've gone on uh, two bear hunts and this happened both times on the bear hunt and we don't, we don't mm-hmm. bait the bears or anything. We go and find them. Um, and both the first time, uh, we saw this bear on the top of this ridge and he was, it was a big, beautiful cinnamon bear. And he was laying on his back with a huge berry bush in his arms, just sunning himself and stripping berries off while sunning himself laying on his back. How can you possibly shoot an animal that's, that's doing that? And then second one was a big, huge male black bear. Um, And I was, I thought for sure, this is going to be the one, like he's old, he's ready to go. And I couldn't even shoot him. He, he was uh, rolling logs down the mountain. He'd, he'd find an old dead log, roll it down the mountain. And then he'd jump up and down while it rolled out of excitement. I'm like, they're doing what I would be doing out there. I can't shoot these things. So I think I have to barely know the animal in order Mm -hmm. to be okay with it. Well, I knew those pigs really pretty well right and that's so that's the other part of like eating meat that i think is important where if you're going to choose to eat meat it's mm-hmm. like i'm going to be fully responsible for this right and so i dispatched every pig yep. like i that was my job mm-hmm. it wasn't somebody else's job mm-hmm. um and it's not necessarily easy right. but it's part of it's part of it it's right. part of like it's it's part of life like, and do it. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it just right. Mm-hmm. And as clean as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that deed is kind of over, it's over. And then, you know, you just move on. It's right. time to skin. It's time to gut it and hang it up. And, and, you know, and out of it. any, any hunter I've ever met, you are the most particular about how did that person miss? <laughs> Or how did that person wound the animal? You know, yeah. like I know that you take that very serious. And so you're making sure to get 
to get to make sure that your gun is shooting perfect that uh, you're going to hit the animal in the best spot that you possibly can to put it down as quickly as you can because you care about that. Um, and Well, you care about that when you've screwed it up a few times yeah. and you spend the days looking for those animals mm-hmm. and or you and once you've done it long enough, you come into a herd where you see one that's been messed up. I remember when I was, I think I was in college, like there was this pretty nice buck bed underneath this tree and I shot it and I thought, wow, that was how do we get so close mm-hmm. and everything? Well, it turns out they had like five bullet holes in it, right. you know? And so, Gosh. so it's all, you know, it's a, it's a lifetime of stuff that comes together mm-hmm. where you, you just try to do it well. And, and, you know, you know, fairly recently with people that I try to mentor mm-hmm. and I learn a lot from mentoring people, mm-hmm. um, you know, just really trying to make sure that they're ready for, you know, what, what's going to happen out there because the first people, I took out is like, oh yeah, you can shoot and whatever they say, they can say whatever. But mm-hmm. now I make sure that I spend at least a day in the field and like really see, have them shoot at the targets and have them try different positions and mm-hmm. have them be ready because I've seen the ugly side of things right. where fortunately, like you learn from this where fortunately a guy takes a shot and I don't see any response from the animal. And then Fortunately, you know, fortunately, instead of just running onto the private land, which is 10 feet, literally 10 feet away, Mm -hmm. this cow elk turns and comes back and stands right in the middle of our shooting lane Mm -hmm. and he takes this elk. Mm -hmm. Well, the first shot was a super bad shot, like right right in the guts. Right. And that animal was like this far away from just dying this this horrific death. Right. And so immediately I knew not only with that particular hunter, but it was like, and others in the future, not to take anything for granted. It's like, mm-hmm. and then so that particular hunter, um, who's an an older guy yeah, yeah. that needs a, I give him some assistance. Mm-hmm. I would, he, maybe he needs some. I give him some assistance yeah. out there. But I try to shoot with him every summer now, like mm-hmm. four or five times. And with just some of that practice, he shoots really well. And and his shots since then have been you know dead on. Right. Right. So. And you have a very different style of hunting um, than a lot of the guys out here, which I really appreciate. Tell me a little bit about what's your favorite style of hunting. I, I don't, I've, oh, I've, well, I'll take elk. Any, are you talking about elk? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll take elk any way I can get them. Right. I mean, I'll get them from the roadway. Yeah. <laughs> Is that well, what you're, you, well, you, <laughs> not that I killed them on the road. Like you've talked about taking them off the river as well. Right? Oh yeah. So, so I definitely, I've had elk that have been roadkill. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and I've for about six years, I, every elk that I harvested for myself was a river bottom elk. Yeah. Just and that's, a, you know, a great elk to get. For those who are unfamiliar, um, in where we live, we have a highway, we have a river, and then we have a mountain range. And oftentimes these elk get pinned down by the river and realize, oh, we can just hang out down here, which is oftentimes bad for them, especially if we have really heavy winters, they can struggle to get out of this area in time. So it is a good thing for hunters to go along the river and get them back up in the mountains or mm. continue to push them farther south. Yeah. But a lot of guys don't don't hunt the river. And it's an August tag. Right. And they're there and they're, <laughs> and they're there and it's not very, you know, and it's, but it's warm. Mm-hmm. It's at a certain time of year. And, and that's where I've taken a lot of these first, you know, a lot of first time hunters. You know? And so, the particulars with shooting along the river are 
the river is public and mm. the riverbed is public. Oftentimes, and I don't know where you're at, but oftentimes on both sides, you have private residences on both sides. So you have to take that shot and it has to be pretty damn good in order to yep. get that elk down on the river. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's where I wouldn't take a, like a, like a young kid. You need to shoot a solid mm-hmm. rifle that will keep that elk in the corridor. And that story I was telling earlier, mm-hmm. that man is shooting on that corridor mm-hmm. and not taking, you know, the next year, the next year, the same exact hunter, mm-hmm. the elk stepped out in that corridor and he, he hit that elk absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. It took five steps and fell over dead. Yep. Just with making sure that I had just practiced with him. I mean, the first time around, it's like, oh, here's your shooting sticks. <laughs> like, oh, sit in this chair. <laughs> right. Here's your, you know, like just yeah. the things but you, you, but, we take for granted yeah. that they may have no clue what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. So if you're going to have somebody shoot off of shooting sticks or, you know, shoot in a particular way, it's best to just practice those things. And right. that was on me. You know, yeah. that's why I have to look at it. That was on me. If right. I'm going to say, I will take you out for this, like, let's go and practice this. Mm-hmm. You're going to be on these sticks. You're going to be in this chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really great elk hunting. You're going to sit in this chair. <laughs> You've got the your... <laughs> desk laid out for them. And you're going to have the... You really <laughs> just have to pull the trigger, honestly. Shooting sticks are right there. Yeah. The elk should come out over there. Mm-hmm. And when they get right out there, I'll whistle at them. They'll stop and shoot it right there. Right. So, but that's awesome. sometimes it kind of works that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, well, let's go back in time then. So people get to know you a little bit and how you started off. You and I had a conversation about the difference between you and my dad is pretty, pretty, pretty big. He came from an extremely, you know, overpopulated city, never learning anything about the outdoors and then came here. How did you get into hunting and, um, and, and, and at what age and, and give us a little bit of a synopsis? Yeah. I mean, I was just so incredibly fortunate in that just like polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Like you've already said, I was actually born in Michigan, but fortunately my parents moved to Montana when I was one. So mm-hmm. I didn't know any different. And my dad did some, actually, my dad did quite a bit of hunting in Michigan. He, mm-hmm. he tells stories of, you know, rowing around in his little rowboat and mm-hmm. trying to shoot ducks on lakes. So my dad was always kind of a hunter, but when he came to Montana, he definitely fell in with like hunting people mm-hmm. and he started bird hunting and he did, you know, so he did some duck hunting and some bird hunting in Michigan, but he, um, he fell in with this guy that is at the highest level of pointing dog hunting, mm-hmm. like in America. Mm-hmm. That's who I got to mentor with (laughs) like no names said. Right. Um, so I, you know, I was able to, I I remember if I would have, if I wouldn't have gone to school today, I would have brought my little break action shotgun that was given to me. You can send me the photo and I'll put it up, you know, eight years old. So Mm -hmm. I'm even before eight though, like shooting gophers with my dad, you know, that was, you know, something I don't agree with now, mm-hmm. but at the time, if my dad had a day off from work, it's like, what do you guys want to do? It, it, there was no hesitation for me and my older brother. We're going to shoot gophers, shoot gophers. Yep. We just love to go and do that. To sh- so my, I don't remember when I shot my first 22, it was probably like four years old or something like that. And then I would go along on hunting trips with my dad before I could even hunt at all going on these great blue grouse hunts, you know, in the four wheel drive scout up this yep. terrible mountain. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, they would shoot these blue grouse and I remember handling the mm-hmm. blue grouse and just, 
you know, just the smells and everything mm-hmm. were just so amazing. I could not wait to do it on my own. Right. And then as an eight year old for Christmas, um, I got my break action 20 gauge shotgun. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is how like, in, like just spoiled and just in, in my face it was. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I don't have a hunting license or anything, but I'm going to go, they're going to take me shooting a duck, my right. dad and this friend. Yep. And the friend is this architect also. So <laughs> our blind is we're going to go to one of those new houses he's building yep. along this spring Creek. And when the ducks come in, we're in the house, mm-hmm. we see where the ducks land. And then we're going to just walk out from the house because we can stay warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we're going to jump shoot them. Right. I mean, just imagine this. Yeah. So, like, so and then I had my older brother. So we would both go up together and he got his first duck pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon, like my dad only brought so many shells mm-hmm. and I hadn't gotten a duck. <laughs> And the very last shell he had was just like a, like a clay's shell. Yeah. And I killed a Drake on like, like the very last. So that was like That's eight awesome. years old duck out of the air. Yep. Um, and, and I mean, just such a crazy different world mm-hmm. when I was 10 and my brother was 12, mm-hmm. my mom would drop us off on a huge ranch. Mm-hmm. There's spring creeks all around and we would hunt alone. And we would shoot my brother's right. limit of mallards jump shooting as a 10 year old <laughs> and a 12 year old, just yep. like complete insanity. Right. Like they would lock my parents up now, but <laughs> that was a long time ago. Right. And so like, just, just such an amazing, like introduction. Mm-hmm. And, and we lived out of town on the Yellowstone river. Mm-hmm. So I grew up fly fishing and we wouldn't even go down until you, until you couldn't almost see right. that's when it gets good. When it gets dark is when it gets good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I grew up on the Yellowstone. Um, my dad introduced me to, to uh, especially bird hunting. He wasn't really a big game hunter, but you know, as a kid, it's like I really want a big game right. hunt. And and then, but we kind of had to like figure that out a little bit on mm-hmm. our own. But my and you know my other you know things that were just there for me. My dad was a doctor in the community, mm-hmm. so when we were like we want to go deer hunting. So he just started to ask around and he knew ranchers and mm-hmm. we could drive around on their property and that's awesome. <laughs> you're kind of just shooting them out of the vehicle. And, <laughs> right. and, uh, anyway, it was, it was so just you fell in love with bird hunting first. My introduction to hunting was certainly, it was birds first, but mm-hmm. then I just had this huge urge to hunt deer mm-hmm. and hunt elk. And I'm like, my first introduction to elk was my dad had, uh, patients that mm-hmm. lived right on the Yellowstone Park border. Mm-hmm. And we'd go up there during the migration and wow. we would stay at their cabin and mm-hmm. jump in these Jeeps and chained up and go to the top of the mountain. And gosh, just, um, so awesome. that was my first elk hunting experience. And then, and then I had that, this exposure to like amazing pointing dogs mm-hmm. where my dad's friend would run four or five, uh, Britneys at a time. Mm-hmm. And so I got to see what was like truly possible with pointing dogs. But at the time, it, was, it wasn't my like passion to do. Right. And then when I came here, I, you know, I, I like duck hunting and I did lots and lots of duck hunting. And then, and then recently, um, recently, like 15 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> I just transitioned from ducks because it, you know, our local area really started to change. And, mm-hmm. you know, that landowner that I used to go hunting there, it sold no yeah. more access, no more access. And it, this trend was happening where mm-hmm. um, it was hard to go and surrounded right. by public land. So then I, I just 
I bought a pointer and mm-hmm. and then became a upland bird hunter right and lo- and just and love that now and and um and then take and that so then take people out hunting yeah so. that's awesome yeah I've always had and maybe this is when things started to change but when I was you know, a teenager, all my friends were duck hunting all the time. Mm. And I think I went one time every year. And every time I'd go, I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember why I'm not doing this. And it's because you're waking up so early, so much gear, packing all this stuff. And even if you get your limit, I'm looking at the ducks going, this is not a lot of meat. If I would have gotten a deer or an elk, that would be a lot of meat. So I try, and I still, I think I try it one, one Mm. time every year and I go, okay, I'm good for the year. Um, but there is something about upland birds that I, I haven't, um, I haven't dove into, but I know where so many spots are for chucker and grouse. And, and oftentimes when I'm archery hunting, if I find a grouse, I'll have a field tip, I'll get my grouse and I'll go home and I'll feel totally satisfied with a grouse from an arrow. Um, but that's, that's something I haven't dove into that I'd love to start trying. Well, the, the upland birds they provide some meat. Like mm-hmm. I shoot quite a between blue grouse and chuckers. It's, it's all of our like chicken that mm-hmm. a typical person would eat. And then yeah. the elk or half an elk is like all of that red meat. Um, but the, the thing I, I just love so much about like the bird hunting is mm-hmm. as, there's no doubt. I love to hunt. Yeah. I love to be outside. I love the exercise of it. I hunt very often by myself mm-hmm. and it's like my, we're like our little team. Like mm-hmm. I, I run, two or three pointing dogs at a time. And it's really fun to see them just get better at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it is just such a blast to have hunting dogs. Mm-hmm. And when I used to duck hunt, that was the, I, I would say that was the best part about duck hunting too, right. is that you have this lab or I had this lab and it's my duck dog. And you know, what are you doing in July? You're training your dog. Mm-hmm. August, you're training your dog. You know, there's all this training. And then when you actually go out to the marsh and you're duck hunting and then all these things come together, it's just like so satisfying. That's awesome. And then you have the meat and you know, that's like the bonus. Right. That right. my wife never liked. <laughs> well, maybe I wonder if that's what it was. I, I actually really love duck, mm-hmm. like smoked duck smoking it just mm-hmm. like this uh, and dipped in mustard. But I felt like I was having to do all these things to make it good. But yeah. once you do it, it's amazing. Um, I remember, same similar story to you, I started hunting, uh, shooting ground squirrels um, with my dad. My dad would drive all the way up Trail Creek, and there was this one spot where he would back, back the truck in, and the tailgate would be sitting in this open prairie, and you would just post up and wait for them to pop up and you'd shoot them. And I, I you know, it's surprising because I would never take my kid to do that at this yeah. point because I value the meat so much on the things that I shoot. And I don't care about just killing things. I actually feel bad when I kill things yeah. now. Um, when did that transition happen for you where it was all of a sudden about the meat and no longer about, I'm going to uh, go shoot things because it's fun. Well, well, even even by the time I was 18, mm-hmm. I... I w- would have consciously not gone and and done the and just killed gophers for right. for killing them. It was it was highly motivational for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. There's you know this there's something about it that was really fun. But on the you know when I look back at that time, like I don't have I don't have kids, but when I look back at that time, mm-hmm. um, you know I think my dad could have fostered it 
in another way, you know, just as well. Right. Um, and then also taught me some lessons about waste mm -hmm. too. Um, like if you're going to, cause I, and we all know people that have parents or grandparents that say, you shot that. Yeah. Well, you get you're that clean now because <laughs> you're going to eat it. Yeah. And we didn't, you know, we didn't eat those gophers. Right. And I had parents, um, so. friends that if they shot a crow, they would be eating crow, <laughs> uh, which I thought was so funny because my parents weren't like that at all. My, uh, my dad really found like he would buy into anything that would allow for fun. So if he heard that ground squirrels kill cows because cows step in the holes and break their legs, then it's like, well, we got to go kill all the ground squirrels, you know? So he was able to compromise yeah. in probably what he knew was right to let's just go do it. Yeah. Uh, and now he's changed so much. He's, he's much more uh, like me and probably you in all of this. But um, yeah, I remember, I remember that transition of all of a sudden realizing uh, that I was taking life and, uh, and if I was going to take life, it needed to be to continue my mm -hmm. own, um, not just, for fun. Yeah. I mean, kind of related to what we're talking about there is like the, the word like hunting to me, like really what means something to me. And, um, if I get the opportunity to talk about it, just like hunting is like, you're going to eat it. And so when I was saying to people like, I'm going wolf hunting, mm -hmm. this was a few years ago. Oh, like, yeah. I'm going wolf hunting. <laughs> right. Well, that means if I'm successful, that that's wolf eating. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to follow through on that. <laughs> did you ever get one? I did. Did you eat it? I did. How was it? It was, it was awesome. No it was way. so good. Mm -hmm. It was so good that when we, um, we had a, a day where we didn't have students at school and mm -hmm. I, I kind of organized a, okay, everyone bring a game yeah. and like, let's share up front what you're what we're bringing. I'm mm -hmm. not going to like say, Hey, we're going to have carnitas and mm -hmm. you're going to love them. And I'm going to tell them it's wolf later. I told right. them early, right up front, mm -hmm. What you're going to have here is going to be like the whole hind leg. I can't believe you didn't have parents showing up. Everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like oh, what are you whole doing? Hind leg. You're feeding our kids. <laughs> no, <dog>. not, no, <laughs> no, this was only teachers, okay. only okay. teachers, okay. no okay. kids, no students. <laughs> so only teachers and, and there are a few, like, I don't know, Mr. And I shouldn't say names here, but anyway, there's a teacher. I knew you were about to say. There's a teacher <laughs> I really thought, like, he's not going to, he's mm -hmm. not going for wolf. This is going to yep. be really, he's just going to, no way. Yep. But there was, you know, there, we definitely had elk and some people did some elk sausages and yeah. there was some great stuff and there was bird and, and it was really fun. But the wolf carnitas were just an absolute hit. Mm -hmm. And, and it was, it was like, it was kind of like pork, but yep. it was also just kind of like rich beef. Mm. And it was awesome. That is I mean, awesome. It was awesome. And um and then I have a friend who just loves shanks. Mm -hmm. So I gave him I gave him all the shanks. Yep. And he cooked them up and he loved the shanks. But mm -hmm. that entire wolf got eaten. All wow. of the kind of scrappy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just cut and put into like my game bird grind because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I like I take all my chucker legs and debone all those things, mm -hmm. and then I just I just put the wolf scrap in there, and then I combine that with some pork and make chorizo and breakfast sausage, and and that's no awesome. one would ever know. Right. That I mean, that's the thing. Like, make some stuff from your game that's so delicious, mm -hmm. no one would ever know. They're not like, oh yeah, this is good for bear. Right. They're like, this is so good. I've never heard of anyone eating a wolf, but now, but they should. If you're going wolf hunting, um, yeah. otherwise call it wolf shooting. Totally. No, you're totally right. Um, I've had, so 
The fir- I remember the first time I had like predator meat was uh, from a mountain lion, and uh, it was a backstrap of a mountain lion, mm-hmm. and it was cut up, and the and I didn't know what it was, but I remember it was presented to me, and they're like, "What do you think it is?" And I was like, "It's pork. Like it mm-hmm. it looks just like pork." And they said, "We'll try it." I tried it. I was like, "Pork." Uh-huh. It tasted just like pork, and they're like, "This is a mountain lion." Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Uh, was completely blown away. Um, but that's awesome. And that's what I was going to mention. I, if I've had, I've had mountain lion before too, and just thought this is really great. Mm -hmm. And one of my last chucker hunts this year, Mm -hmm. I found some great big paw prints. Mm. So, and so then part of that's like, oh, here's this potentially this great big majestic cat. Right. Right. And why would I want to go and hunt that? Well, cause deep down, I mean, I'll admit it. Like I, I love to hunt Mm -hmm. and then I'm, I'm going to eat that thing. Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and it's, you know what? I've had it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. Right. It is going to be so, it's going to be so great. Well, and knowing you, none of it's going to waste. No. Every single scrap of meat is being eaten. Even when you're talking about, you know, I know a lot of guys who, with ducks and upland game birds who they breast it out and that's, mm-hmm. that's it. And you, sounds like you're taking the legs and. Yeah, I've got, so I have lots of legs at home for my checkers and then I'll, cause it's a lot of work, you know, oh, yeah. you, you sit down to like That's a whole, why people only take the breast, <laughs> but, and they're kind of tough. So, and then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, what am I going to do? Like I shoot a lot of bluegrass too. What, what am I going to do with these legs? And, it, mm-hmm. and so that was quite a while ago. I figured that out. So then you, I debone them and I mix them with some pork and mm-hmm. I make chorizo. Yep. And I think anyone that tried it, I mean, cause really what is it? It's mainly it's pork and that's, mm-hmm. and that's definitely has a power to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just really great to, to use it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome. So transitioning from birds to big game, uh, what was your first big game animal? No, so my first big game, I already, so I mentioned that, uh, my dad would take us on these pretty epic ranches yep. that in Montana, you'd have alfalfa fields kind of down by the river mm-hmm. and then and then the hills, so the deer would just kind of come out of there. So I remember on my brother's first hunt when he was 12, mm-hmm. you know, we'd drive out there in the suburban, and, you know, there's the deer, so dad gets like 200 yards away. <laughs> and then Driving right up to them. Pretty much. I'm pretty sure he should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you shoot him. This is my name. You yeah. shoot him off These the hood. These are pet deer. You shoot him off the hood of the truck, yep. so my brother line, and shoots this really, I mean, just a, the biggest, like, two-point you'd ever seen. Like, this <laughs> right. is a really nice buck. Yep. So then when... So then eventually be, oh, and then even on that though, like I said, my dad wasn't much of a big game hunter. Mm-hmm. Like we got out the, the, the paper, like mm-hmm. the Sunday paper that if you've ever seen this, like, this is how you do it. Like right. my dad's a surgeon yep. and, <laughs> and it's like, well, how, do, how are we going to do this? Uh-huh. And then, but I've always, I like, I'm really like into that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I did that. My right. dad didn't do it. My older brother didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I just got right in there. Yep. And I just, I've always loved that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then my first deer is on the same property, mm-hmm. probably, I mean, within hundreds of yards of where my brother got his. Yep. And so when we drove, when we drove in there, we were driving in there up this one Canyon, there's this, this great buck, a mm-hmm. big four by four. This is super awesome buck. So that's, I get to shoot first. Right. So we're, we're sneaking up in there mm-hmm. and we're getting close. We're almost to where this big buck is. And then all of a sudden this spike runs out and you know, I'm 12 yeah. and my dad's like, okay, there's a buck, shoot it, uh-huh. shoot it. And then in my mind, I'm like, ah, 
I don't, really, I don't really want to shoot this one. I want to shoot that other one. Right. But I wasn't going to say no. Uh-huh. And I wasn't fully committed. And I, I remember the shot, like, to this day, I can feel it. Oh, like, yeah. I'm right on it. And just as I'm pulling, I kind of just yank it. Mm-hmm. I shoot it right in the neck. <laughs> drop? So, oh, yeah, just yeah. down. Yeah. And I shoot, like, a little spike. He's like, just this little spike. Yeah. Guess what that four point did? He stepped right out oh. for my brother to kill him. I mean, he just came right out. So your brother got two good bucks yeah. in a row. St- my brother always got to shoot the great big bucks. Yeah, this great big white tail buck. Yep. He was always in these great big bucks. And I was like, how does this happen? <laughs> that's funny. And that's what I would. So that was my that was my first year. That's awesome. And uh, and so then when you moved here, is that when you started doing elk? Well, so then I hunted uh, cow elk. Because you don't even go for deer now, right? No, my wife doesn't like to eat them. I shot, I don't know if you ever saw that buck I shot in 2010 uh, on the desert. That's a super nice buck yeah. in that 40, in that great draw oh, area. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did everything I could to make it just super tasty mm-hmm. and aged it and clean and no mm-hmm. sinew. And like the first bite, when I was all excited that she's <laughs> going to take this burger bite, she's just like, no. Wow. Well, I'll say, I'll say this. I think that mule deer it is all about where it's shot as far as what area did you shoot it in mm-hmm. uh, because if i shoot one that i don't know i don't i don't know how long it takes for what they're eating to become them but uh, if i shoot one anywhere near the sagebrush it's always going to taste bad if i shoot one in a burn area mm-hmm. it's going to taste like the most tender meat mm-hmm. you've ever had it's going to taste in and amory and i have both experienced this I shot an elk and a deer same year in almost the same spot. They were maybe 200 yards from each other and the deer was by far better. Hmm. Um, and I, I don't know why that was. Usually elk is less gamey. Uh, the deer was a little tiny bit gamey, but I kind of like, I kind of yeah. like that flavor. Uh, but the tenderness was out of this world hmm. compared to the elk. Hmm. Um, so I think it's all about where that animal is shot. Bottom line, though, if she wasn't going to eat it, you're not going to make it. Yeah, so that was the last. That was the last. I've shot deer since then because mm-hmm. I have one friend in particular that really struggles to get a deer, right? Yeah, but loves deer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I love to hunt, mm-hmm. and uh, so I've been on occasion. I've gotten a deer and deliver it over yeah. there. Yeah, no, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, but actually. It's, some other elk hunting I did in Montana. I started bow hunting elk in Montana. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, and um, I had a because you do not bow hunt now. No, but I bow hunted. That was like, and still when I look back back at it, like one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done is mm. the bow hunting that I've done. Mm. Um, it's just like super in, intimate with the animals, right. and I mean, I learned how to be an elk hunter bow hunting mm-hmm. if you ever want if you want to be a good elk hunter if you're a rifle hunter bow hunt for a few years right. <laughs> and you'll learn a lot mm-hmm. and but anyway i had um you know back in that would have been like in 85 or so 86 mm-hmm. so a long time ago um i the first elk i ever shot at with a bow i hit it high never recovered it mm. so i learned you know i've ex- i experienced that early on like spending an entire day yeah you know, where the blood trail is super thick, where mm-hmm. he's stopping and it's like, I, I'm going to get him. Right. And then, and it just peters out and we never, ever mm. find that elk. Yeah. Um, and it happens. 
it's hard. It's tough to say this, but it does happen often, mm-hmm. uh, even with bow hunters who are really, really good. Yeah. Um, and I had I had an experience two years ago that still I'll wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it and won't be able to mm. go to bed. It's like mm. heart wrenching. Where I shot and pe- people aren't going to believe this uh, because if someone told me this, I'd be like, "Well, you just hit it bad." Um, I was hunting in this spot where we had literally we had parked our vehicles, we hiked up a ridge, maybe two hundred yards, hiked up a ridge and looked on the other side, and there were elk coming up towards us. We thought because it was. It was like noon. I thought we were going way far in. Mm. We're going to be calling, you know, two or three ridges over mm. a couple mile hike. Um, and we hike up and over this thing and there's elk heading up towards us. So we get behind a boulder, wait for where I think the elk are going to come out. And they came out right where I thought they were going to. I made one cow call and the cow, the lead cow booked uh, around us perfectly within shooting distance and then this bull comes out. A, a deep, he was a young five by mm-hmm. five, but still, he was a, he was a cool looking bull. He comes out and stops perfectly at shooting distance, twenty five yards, uh, and I'm fully drawn back. I shoot. It's everything just went perfect. Mm-hmm. I thought, and he turns and runs down into the canyon, and and I'm like, that's that's mm-hmm. for sure a dead bull. Like I hit it right where I thought I I wanted to, and. And then I see him go down to the canyon and I'm peeking over trying to figure out what happened. And then I start seeing him going up and I'm like, well, that's not good. <laughs> like, I don't want to see him going up. He's going up the ridge and I see the arrow and it is maybe in him this far. Hmm. And it was right where it should be. And the only thing we can think of is that it was stuck perfectly in a rib huh. and didn't just, it just wouldn't push through. And so I am pray. I'm like screaming at this point. Please, like, like run into a tree, dig it a little farther, do something. <laughs> and we watched this thing run up the hill, and the arrow was just bending. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't shifting in him. It was just bending right in his side. And he ran up and over the ridge, and we chased him for two days, following yeah. this little tiny blood trail that was dripping off the fletchings of the arrow. And never found him. Eventually yeah. it petered out and he merged with another herd. And then we couldn't figure out yeah. where his tracks were anymore. But I, I couldn't believe it. Um, and, you know, I'm a big guy. Yeah, my, it's, I'm just, shooting an 80-pound bow yeah. and my draw length is really far. <laughs> that thing hit hard and it just stuck perfectly in that Uh-oh. spot. Um, like I said, I know I'm going to get comments about people being yeah. like, bullshit, <laughs> no way. Um, but we followed that thing and then... I had some validation later where a hunter reached out to me and said that uh, he found a bull with uh, he shot uh, he shot a bull that had an arrow stuck in him and I I don't think it was mine but it was stuck in the rib just like I had said huh. and he ended up taking this down and he had actually called this bull in the bull was still fully in rut yeah. and came in huh. and he ended up taking it huh. uh, but he said perfect arrow stuck right in the rib huh. they're tough. They're tough. I mean, how yeah. do you pre- how do you prevent that? Like a bullet, a bullet's going through. Yeah, it, some interesting things can happen, you know, with with elk. Yeah. So after I did that, and I was probably, I think that's about when I was a senior in high school when I made that. Um, I can call it a bad shot. I mean, that was before range finding. Yeah. We were shooting instinctively. Um, whatever, you know. I and I was 
inexperienced. I'm with a 19 year old friend. You know, I mean, we the mentors that were around us showing us were nil. You know, there weren't any. And um, but then you know, I I was enjoying this bow hunting thing. And then probably when I was maybe when I was 22, I was a student at Montana State. And, um, and I, my brother and I had been hunting really hard, like mm-hmm. up early and, yep. you know, going and, and, uh, and just nothing's working out on the, you know, for the bow. And then one morning, it was a Saturday mm-hmm. and we we're like, ah, we're, we're going to sleep in. We we're tired, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, about noon, we're going to go to a, cause this is how it works with hunting sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like going to go to a totally new place. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially <laughs> if you're waking up late. Totally new place. We're going <laughs> to, there, we, there's no motor vehicles, but it's a pretty easy bike ride. Mm-hmm. We're kind of figuring it out. We're going to go in on this road. And um, so, we're, <laughs> so we're college bike riders. Mm-hmm. So I've got, like, I remember I had like my spandex tights on. <laughs> I got my bow pack. And uh-huh. so I got my bow and stuff ready. And, uh, and we're just biking into this place. And fortunately, we get tired at a certain spot. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just plunk our bikes over. And, I'm, and I say, well, I'll just, I'll give a call right here. Yeah. And this bull bugles back just like 50 yards away. Like, oh my gosh, there's a, like, there's a bull right yeah. here. And if you can see all the hard work that went before, anyway, oh, yeah. so yeah. so all of a sudden I'm standing here, I'm in spandex tights, <laughs> my bow, I don't have my release and all yeah. this stuff. And so I kind of gather my stuff and mm-hmm. start heading off in this direction. And I think my brother didn't even, he didn't even bring his bow stock. Wow. He didn't even bring the stuff, which was good. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I went of ways. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I forgot my, I forgot my release. I yep. go back and get my release. And, and I start, and then, and then everything kind of like, this is a hunt, like mm-hmm. he's bugling or we're back and forth. And he's just kind of taking his cows back up the hill, but he'd kind of come toward me. Mm-hmm. I'd never see him. There was pretty thick trees, but he would come toward and then he'd back off and then, and then he'd come toward and I would mm-hmm. pursue and he'd back off. And then, and then pretty soon I just like kind of look around and like every tree is trashed where I'm standing. Like yep. I am in, You're in his domain. I am in his domain. Uh-huh. And that's when he came mm-hmm. and he came, you know, he came right in just trashing a tree in <laughs> yep. front of me, but he had a tree on his vitals. Mm-hmm. And so I made a little call. I remember I made a little call mm-hmm. and he just spun 180, cleared mm-hmm. his vitals out, started raking the tree. Yep. <laughs> and I was, I was so excited. <laughs> I mean, so I, you know, like yep. I pulled back and, and I remember the bow was just like jittering, mm-hmm. you know, and by this time he's kind of looking at me, but I'm like, oh, okay, it's kind of, I'm doing the best I can <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. And then zing. <laughs> and, uh, and then I hit that bull. I hit him. A, I mean, I'm surprised I even hit him really. Yeah, Cause yeah. it was so exciting. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I hit him a little far back. I probably hit him like hind rib, but he was a little quartered. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe it wasn't that bad of a shot, but I'm telling you, I was excited. Right. And, uh, and I had lost that the last elk I'd ever shot at, I mm-hmm. had lost. Yep. And, um, so my brother gets up there and I'm telling him all about it. And so we wait like a half hour and, mm-hmm. and start to follow this elk And there is, you know, there's not much blood mm-hmm. with a shot like that. And, um, but we start to see some blood and there's a, uh, ends up on a pretty, uh, you know, pretty defined game trail. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then pretty soon we're, as we're going down the trail, like there's some blood and then there's just along the trail, they're like, there's nothing, mm-hmm. just like nothing we can't find. And then the, it's just where you, like you're, it's just sink, right? You just like, everyone's right. just like, oh my gosh, like I'm, this is a beautiful bowl. Like, right. I'm not going to recover this thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, maybe I shouldn't have, at the time, you think, you know, I'm just a kid. I'm right. 20 years old. Like I'm, 
you're shaking around. I'm not going to take the shot. And well, I would try to do that now. Like if right. the wind was blowing so much, I couldn't be steady on my shot. I might like not take the shot. Right. Because what I've learned is like spending the day looking. It's okay to walk off a mountain without the animal. Yeah. You can sleep pretty well that night. Right. When you walk off that mountain with a wounded animal oh, yeah. that you're maybe not going to recover. You're not sleeping for a while. You're not sleeping. It's a, it's pretty, it can be pretty difficult. But totally. anyway, we couldn't find any blood. Mm-hmm. And then I just, in my mind, it's like, I just need to go back to the last blood. And if he's hurt pretty bad, he's going to go downhill. And right. when it was crazy when we went back to the blood and just looked downhill, he was, was there. right there. <laughs> he was just totally right there. Right. Yep. And it's so, funny because most, I feel like most tracking experiences, mm-hmm. you end up having that moment for some mm-hmm. weird reason. There's that moment of, I might not have killed this thing. This mm-hmm. thing might not be totally dead. Most tracking experiences mm-hmm. I've had that unless you see where it went down, uh, you're going to have that gut sinking mm-hmm. feeling, but you just, you know, I'm going to be out here for a couple days <laughs> looking for this thing. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I got to find yeah. it. Um, oh, but no, just, I, I get the feeling. It's so great when you, when you, when it's there yeah. and you find it. And then what's the undertaking after that, that people, for those who don't hunt elk and think, oh, I'm going to go try hunting elk. Uh, what kind of work does it take to get that elk out? After so that, that was a Montana bull, which they're significantly bigger. Mm-hmm. My, my brother's with me. He was a big guy and we just tried to like get him. So he was like butthole downhill for <laughs> yeah. like some gutting. Right. We couldn't even, I mean, we could hardly move this creature because mm-hmm. it was, is a 300 class six point. I mean, that like it's, it's a huge <laughs> That's bull. That's awesome. And uh, so it just shot in spandex oh, and, off a mountain bike. <laughs> and I'm supposed to have a, what are the, a, you know, a test at college the mm-hmm. next day where everyone's there. I'm forgetting the name <laughs> of that test. Like everyone's got to be there. Right, like, right. SAT. So, something so, like, like that. I've got to like contact my professor. Like I got to pack out an elk and, <laughs> and I got to try to borrow a four wheeler yeah. or whatever it uh-huh. was that we were going to use for part of the distance. But we, you know, we pulled that all that stuff all together, mm-hmm. and so that would be it. Have been when I was still in college, and then I became a teacher here, and I was so excited to to hunt elk, especially with a bow, because mm-hmm. then my year was I bow hunt, mm-hmm. and then I tra- and then I would duck hunt because right. I like to hunt. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to hunt all the way into January, mm-hmm. and then I had my hunting dogs, and uh, so I do that, and then so when I came here, um, our, I mean our bow hunting is very very good here, and mm-hmm. then. And it was like 1998 where it is when it comes together, it just comes together. Right. You, know, you have these things that just look like they're going to be so perfect. And mm-hmm. then something happens. And then, and then, you know, this elk hunt, you know, just one of these crazy, amazing days mm-hmm. where um, I went it, I was in a new place, mm-hmm. but I had been right next to it and seen all the elk in there. And I didn't really kind of know my way around exactly. And, um, it was early in the season. It was Labor Day weekend. So they weren't really fired up yet. And it was mm-hmm. kind of warm and it was so long ago. Like before I knew anything, I was carrying one liter of water, <laughs> no ability to pump water or mm-hmm. purify water. And I'm going elk hunting all day. <laughs> you know, you're just right. like, just stupid. Right. Right. And, um, so I'm on this loop and there's elk sign everywhere. And, and, um, we could see these wallows. We knew these wallows were down in there from looking at it from the other ridge from the weekend before. And, um, you know, just about maybe two hours before dark, mm-hmm. I went 
down through those wallows calling and stuff and nothing was happening. And, and, and then I looked across the Canyon and I saw a bull mm-hmm. up on this little bench. And I thought, man, I think I can, I think I can stock that thing up there. And I was pretty tired. This was like all day. I've got my one liter of water. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I put the stock on this little bench and, you know, I'm hoping he's going to be right there. And, you know, he's not there. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's been a long time because it was way up there. I had to motivate myself to even go up there. Right. So I get all the way up there and then it's like, oh, okay, well, I might as well try a bugle. Mm-hmm. It is getting kind of later now mm-hmm. in the entire Canyon, just bugles. Ooh. And I hadn't heard one. Right. Just bugles. You set them off. Everywhere. So then I go down by the wallow because that's where the majority of the, the bugling is happening. And I kind of moved so how did that work out? I have to think about how crazy this was. Like the big, the bullet I end up shooting, like is coming into the wallow and, but the wind is wrong. And then I could hear him coming because he has a super distinct, one of those oh, crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just crazy. And uh, so my wind hits him, he leaves. I was go down. I get a shot at a six point, put it right over his back. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> like before, Range finders, right. this is 98. I right, mean, right. how many people were running around with, ra- some people were, I wasn't. Right. And uh, I got my first range finder from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when we talked. After yeah. I told you a story about me missing, you're like, you need a range you finder, a range borrow finder. this. These, these things are amazing. Like, thanks. Uh, so <laughs> I put it over his back. I'm kind of, I mean, I'm exhausted. This mm-hmm. is like a full day and I'm getting thirsty and I'm getting hungry. And and uh, so I'm going like, oh, God, I kind of, and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to get out of here. I'm pretty far back, like five or probably five miles mm-hmm. from my truck and like two hour drive home. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> and and uh, so I start walking out and then I hear that growly sucker go off again back at the wall. I'm yeah. like, okay, you never, ever walk away from elk. Right. You never. <laughs> Right. Like if you can see elk and you have a chance of getting there before dark, like mm-hmm. you go, You're right? Like, just go yep. and don't walk away from that thing. Cause mm-hmm. it could happen. Oh yeah. Even though I thought it was over before. So I go up in there and I, I change how I kind of set up on the wall and, uh, and he's coming, coming, coming. I watch him get into the wall, mm-hmm. roll around, wow, that's awesome. stand up, but mm-hmm. now it's pretty it's getting kind of late. He's right. standing at 40 yards. I don't want him. I don't want to take the shot. It's late. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel really comfortable with it. So I got to get him closer. Mm-hmm. So I call and he responds <laughs> and he's in these pretty thin trees, mm-hmm. four yards. Oh my God. <laughs> four yards. And I almost take the shot through the trees, uh-huh. but I, I didn't like, uh-huh. I had like, I think I can, it's away from here to the wall, right. you know I mean? It's far away. And like, but I didn't take that shot uh-huh. and then I'm, but I'm on full draw and then it clears out through the, through the trees. Mm-hmm. And then right at the last tree is a broken off tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he comes out the end of it and just like sticks his head out and looks, I mean, <laughs> right at me yeah. and I'm on one knee at full draw, uh-huh. like, and all I see is his head. Yep. Like, okay, come on, <laughs> just go, just go, just uh-huh. go, a little more. Right. And pretty, but you, I can't hold forever. Mm-hmm. And then I start to notice, like, okay, okay, <laughs> I can't do this. Right. I said in my mind because I don't remember the times exactly, but he might have been standing there like a full minute. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Okay. This is over. He, right. I'm like, he's I, beat me. He beat me. Yeah. I'm gonna come off a draw, mm-hmm. and it's over, and it's been great. Right. Because this is the way it usually goes. Mm-hmm. And so I just come off draw, mm-hmm. 
just knowing he's going to blow. And he just takes two more steps out and stops. <laughs> and what? when I shoot this thing, yep. the arrow goes out the other side. Uh -huh. It just, like your experience where Stuck it hit that, it. where it stopped. Yeah. Like it, it went right, went through, the right through the ribs so cleanly mm -hmm. that I heard that arrow out through the trees. Mm -hmm. And, and I watched that bull take a few steps and just fall over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then reality sets in. Like mm -hmm. I'm standing, pack is off. While My water's gone. <laughs> while, while he's finishing off, like he's still actually alive mm -hmm. as I'm standing next to him. Yep. Like pack is off, knife is coming out. Mm -hmm. Like it's getting dark. I'm right. pretty far from the truck. Right. I don't even know where the heck I am really. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, get him, got it. And, I, and, I, and I'll remember that like, like it was so hot inside and you're mm -hmm. by yourself. Right. I'm by, you see, I'm by myself right. with this great big bull and right. I've got to get it gutted. <laughs> like it is dark, yep. and, but I get that done and then I'm tired mm -hmm. and I'm going out there. I've got five miles to go to the truck and yep. I'm so thirsty. I don't even care. The mm -hmm. first Creek I get to, I just drink right out mm -hmm. of it in this sheep country. <laughs> 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 and, and, but it doesn't matter. I right. mean, I have no other option. I just need to drink water. Right. And, get out of there deal with jardia later and i never got anything that's good and uh then round up you know friends to mm -hmm. try to help that next day and my electrolytes were so screwed up the mm -hmm. day i had terrible cramps yep. and all this stuff going on getting Gosh. that bull out but that was a great elk hunt that's awesome i had a. Uh, I had a, a similar type of story uh, it, it's it's a it's a funny story um i had I was driving out from uh, a morning hunt. I was driving out. I had just finished my morning hunt and, and I didn't have a lot of time. I was trying to make it back to work. So I'm coming back down the mountain. And as I'm coming back down the mountain, it's probably noon, <laughs> noon that I'm driving out. And I look over and at noon, you, you know, animals are not standing out in the open at noon in uh, September. There was this big nice big five by five elk, uh, standing right on the edge of a forest covered in mud. He looked completely pitch black, uh, just standing there eating. I parked my vehicle and just watched him and was like, he, he didn't care. Just yeah. let, let me watch him. And in my mind, I'm, I'm just thinking the weekend's about to happen. Should I try to get this elk now? How can I? Because he already knows I'm here. My vehicle's parked right here. I don't know why he's not running. So I thought it's a tiny little forest. I know where that wallow is. I'm going to wait until the weekend's over and come back in here. Yeah. So I drove, drove home. I don't think I slept the entire weekend just thinking, <laughs> what am I doing? Why am I not going back in there? But at that time I was so strict on myself about you're not hunting the weekends. Everyone hunts the weekends. <laughs> the mountains are going to be covered in that area. Uh, you're going to come back on the weekday. Yeah. So I, I went back on on a Monday evening thinking, He's going to come right back out into that pasture uh, to to feed. And I wanted to position myself between him where where I knew he was wallowing in, during the day and where I saw him feeding. So I'm hiking this, I, I'm hiking this game trail uh, back towards where the wallow is. And on the way, I stopped and watched a buck walk right past me. Could have easily shot it, but I didn't. Then a big bull moose steps out on the path that I'm walking towards. And I'm, 
if anyone knows me and anyone's hunted with me, I am like deathly afraid of moose. Mm-hmm. Out of all the animals, bear, wolves, mountain lion, I don't care about any mm-hmm. of them. Moose are the ones that are mm-hmm. going to stomp you for no reason. Uh, and so this moose steps out and I'm like terrified already. No, no reason to be. He's not, he's not mm-hmm. being very threatening. Um, but I, I continue to kind of push him cause I'm trying to get to this elk, but he's not moving. And I'm like stepping towards him, making myself known and he's not moving. He's just standing on the path that I need to go. So I start kind of trying to get around him. Finally, I sneak, I, I sneak up on a ridge that I didn't have to hike to get all the way around this moose. And now I'm back on the trail going in as I walk three cow moose stop me in the forest. So at this point, I'm surrounded by moose. There's one 100 yards this way, and there's three like 25 <laughs> yards in front of me. And so I didn't know what to do. It was getting, it was starting to get dark, but I knew that elk had to be less than 75 yards in the forest at this wallow. So I just started calling, and I was trying all my cow calls. The moose are not moving. They're just feeding all around me. And I'm sitting here waiting to see what happens. And I grabbed my last call and I have mouth reads. I have all these different cow calls. I grab my last call, which is just a hoochie mama. And I just blow this hoochie mama twice. (laughs) And I hear this bull running towards me and I start seeing little trees, little Aspen trees, boom, just being plowed over as he's running towards me. And I saw mud flying off of him before he even got to me. All I, I just see little chunks of mud flying up in the air as he's running towards me. And it happened so quick. I didn't even have a chance to draw my bow back. I barely was stood up at that uh-huh. point. Uh, and he's facing me 10 yards, um, just face on shot. And I had my bow up like this to try to just cut my face so he maybe uh-huh. wouldn't know what I was. Uh, but I hadn't pulled it back or anything. And he uh, positions himself where a tree is on his right. And he keeps just popping his head around it. Because he knows something's up. He's like, this thing looks weird. I don't know what it is. Wind was blowing right in my face, which was great. Um, and I'm shaking at this point because everything happened so quick. And at first I thought a moose was coming at me. I didn't know it was happening. Um, and he turns and like runs back. As fast as he ran in, he runs back. And so I, I blew the hoochie mama two more times and I hear him coming back. And this time he's trying to cut down wind uh-huh. from me. And I still didn't move, but I knew the path that he was going to kind of go. So I drew back. It was maybe a 10 yard shot, maybe (laughs) a 10 yard shot. And same thing. The arrow blew right through him. I never even, I could Uh never even find the arrow. I was on my hands and knees looking for that Uh thing forever. And, but he was covered in so much mud that the mud just plugged Uh his hole. I couldn't find any, any blood or anything, but all I could do was follow his mud trail. (laughs) So I just followed his mud trail 70 yards up the mountain and there he was. was. But I'll tell you, I called friends right after I shot, I called uh, some buddies who owe me a lot of pack outs. Um, And I said, you guys are going to have to come out and get this elk with me. And they said, well, are you, are you with the elk right now? No. Well, we're not coming out there until you find the elk. Well, it's dead. I need you guys to come out here. And they kept saying like, we're not coming out there. You may have missed. I'm like, no, it's for sure dead. Like there's no way I didn't hit this thing. It was 10 yards away. Um, but yeah, sure enough, 70 yards up right, right in between the mud, the mud hole and where I was standing, he was, he was piled up. Um, and that was, 
still one of the funnest adrenaline yeah. rushing experiences yeah. I've had hunting. Uh, but I haven't had a ton of ton of success archery archery hunting elk. Uh, I think I've gone seven times, and I think I've only successfully gotten one one bull elk. Mm. Um, and I've had some rifle bull elk that I've gotten, but archery. It, but I still can't not do it. I just love it. It's so much fun being in their environment and being around with them. And I know that I can always get a deer. Uh, but elk, I, I I don't know. Even this last year, I had a rifle tag and I missed archery the entire time. Well, I said earlier, like archery elk is one of the one of the greatest things I've had so much fun doing it. The thing that keeps me from it now is I have, I have pointing dogs and they're super high demand. Right. And blue grouse opens, you know, <laughs> right there, September right. 1st, end of August. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just can't wait to be doing that. Right. I get a puppy this spring. Yeah. So I'll have a, like a 16 week old out there mm-hmm. and it's just so much fun to just, get that going. Right. Um, do you ever run into archery hunters while you're shooting your shotgun? With, I did last. I mean, you, I have many times yeah. and sometimes I've, <laughs> I've had them. I don't know how much you guys can, uh, bleep stuff or whatever. Sure. Say whatever so you got anyway, it. we, I, w- I was on this hunt with my friend and I mean, I never go early. It's mm-hmm. like midday, you know? And, uh, and my friend and I was like, <laughs> there's just this huge pile of elk cut. You know, we start going down this canyon. Mm-hmm. And there's just a hundred elk going out across this <laughs> yep. hillside. Like, wow. I'm just like, Hey, you see all the elk over there? <laughs> you know, talking to my yeah. bird hunting buddy. Mm-hmm. And from down, 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 down in the canyon is like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, but that doesn't, it's kind of rare. I right. mean, I bird hunt middle of the day and, um, I've run in, I've, I've had nothing but positive experiences running into bird hunters. Um, I had one where, uh, I was on this, I was on this ridge line and I saw something running to me through the forest and I just, I just bugled. So you immediately assume, oh, there's a, there's an elk coming for me. So I get knelt down. I'm, I'm like ready to pull back just in case. And I see a dog. And I'm like, what is going on? And it just didn't register at yeah. all. I see a dog and then I slowly see an orange vest coming up. Yeah. And uh and he was nothing but apologetic. And I'm like, dude, we're all this is all public land. Like <laughs> you can hunt wherever you want. He's like, I didn't even realize archery season it was the first day of yeah. archery. Uh-huh. I didn't even realize archery started today. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I have guys uh especially the area that I'm in, there's so much grouse. I have mm-hmm. a lot of guys who hunt grouse in this area and I don't even feel like, I don't even feel like it ever spooks the elk out. Yeah. They might just be used to that sound. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It never yeah. seems to be an issue. Yeah. Um, so now you've done, uh, you have gone through bird hunting. You, and obviously you still do it. Um, you hunt for cow elk, but now you've transitioned into a mentorship role, which is really important for a lot of um, a lot of people trying to get into hunting. You have to have that mentor because you can get educated. You can take all the hunters' education you want, but you're going to end up wounding a lot of animals before before that, unless you have a really solid mentor. So tell me a little bit about your love for taking people out and and teaching them the ropes. Yeah, um, I mean, I've told you about my background, just how fortunate I was to have just 
given to me. Mm-hmm. And then it probably, um, so a teacher at the high school approached me one day. This was quite a while ago now, you know, uh, maybe 10 years or 12 years ago now. And he, he wasn't a hunter and he said, you know, will you take, or would you be willing to like show my son what's mm-hmm. up with elk hunting? And I, and I just immediately was on that. And, and then, so it was like from the ground up, like the, he really hadn't shot. So, mm-hmm. so it's really fun. Like, Oh, you're going to need a rifle mm-hmm. and so you get to buy a rifle and, and get that going and just learn how to shoot. And, and then he didn't get a cow elk the first year mm-hmm. I had, he got a shot, a 200 yard shot on a cow the first morning he was ever out. Wow. And spoiled and just missed. Mm. And, and then that was this. So I know that year that was 12 years ago. That was Mm -hmm. 10 because that was the one year I didn't get a cow elk Mm. um, because then I started hunting that truck, that trophy buck Mm -hmm. and didn't put the time in on my own elk. And, um, and we, so we hunted, a bit more that year and then he ended up not getting an elk Mm -hmm. that first year and then later on with me he shot his first cow Mm -hmm. and uh and it actually leads me to like uh like there are some shots you really need to practice Mm -hmm. if you're a right-handed shooter you have to have left-handed prone Mm -hmm. practiced right because that when the hill runs that certain way and you can't you can't lay that way. Mm-hmm. So we've got this, I have this shot lined up for him, but he can't do it righty and lefty. It's right there for him. It's like 250 yards. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever shot lefty? Mm-hmm. And then don't try something for the first time in the field <laughs> right. on an animal. And so we had to move from that position to another position, which mm-hmm. was just about as bad. I remember having to kind of like wedge my body kind of right. up to his body so he could get it stabilized. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he shot his first elk. Mm-hmm. And then... And well, then, a lot yeah. of people think... I don't think a lot of people understand... You have a lot of people from the Midwest who their max range that they're shooting is 80 yards. Mm. Um, and even when I tell someone uh, from Wisconsin, cause I have family in Wisconsin, uh, if I tell them I, I shot something at 300 yards, they're blown away. Mm-hmm. How could you possibly shoot something at 300 yards? And for me, I'm like, that's a pretty average shot. Um and so I don't think people understand what it takes to actually, even on a 200-yard shot, what type of preparation, how stable you mm-hmm. should get, how confident you should be at 200 yards in order to pull the trigger. Yeah. It, there was a, with that, with, uh, that guy, um, we spent a lot of time. He was a very good shot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so on that elk, he made a great shot. His, you know, his dad came in and packed it out. And then a, I don't know if it was the next year or the year after he had a bull tag and mm-hmm. I took off a day from school to go <laughs> out with him. And, you know, that might be a picture that I can share yeah. to you. You can yeah. pop up where, you know, he shoots this nice bull, but it's just one of those great hunts. Like mm-hmm. you hunt all day long and like, just like in those last minutes, right. uh, you get something to come together. Love and that it. was kind of cool how that one happened. We saw that bull go a, where we saw the elk kind of moving across this this area and it took us a while to get there. Mm-hmm. It just as we got there, like they just were gone. Mm-hmm. Like we, we just were just that late. Right. And I've done this a bit before. And I know that when elk get scared, they go back where they came from. Right. I, so I, it was getting dark and I said, just shoot that hillside once. Mm-hmm. They're going to come right back out on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> I've he, never heard of this he before. He just looked at me like, 
That's what I would have looked at. Are you kidding? I said, what do you got to lose? I said, said, you shoot that hillside, you be ready. They're going to come right back on that same line Mm -hmm. they just went on. And uh, so he shoots the hillside. And unfortunately, we hadn't ranged it yet. And so then all of a sudden, that bull's standing right back where he's supposed to be standing. (laughs) Like, how far away is it? Uh (laughs) But it all came together, and he shot this nice ball. And and then he's and then he got into it so much that you know he he had, he sells some optics mm-hmm. and and but beyond that like he's mentoring people right you know so um, you know that's I when he tells me he you know he took some guys out on elk this year mm-hmm. and sent me the pictures of the elk that they got you know that's just it's just really really satisfying to like push it forward right you know we hear lots of things about you know anti hunters and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, you know, if you're hunting for meat and for every person you can turn on to hunting, mm-hmm. I just think it's a, it's a great thing to do. And, right. and I just, I really enjoy just giving back. I, you know, I've shot some great elk with, with bow and with mm-hmm. rifle and some of the most satisfying moments I can look back on now are, you know, I took a woman out. I took the first woman that I've ever taken out Mm -hmm. as a mentee, Mm -hmm. you know, this year, first, her first morning, we had the elk standing at 80 yards before Mm -hmm. shooting hours, you know, and then we just let him go over Mm -hmm. and, and hundred, and I think she had a hundred eighty yard shot, and mm-hmm. just hit that thing just perfect. Right. You know, just women always oh, shoot better than men. Just always, yeah. They can follow instructions yeah. way and, better. And with her too. So since she she has two six year old daughters, we're mm-hmm. already talking about like, yeah, we're getting twenty twos, and mm-hmm. so like she's going to be a hunter. They mm-hmm. love the meat. They love making burgers. She sends me pictures of the recipe that she made. Like mm-hmm. it's this it's this thing of. Like, it's just so wonderful to have mm-hmm. this elk in your freezer. And I have the ability to to share that with people. Right. To, and she gets one more year with me. And then mm-hmm. I say, like, I, I pick up somebody else. Right, right. Yeah. Why do you think this is important for people to, to learn? Like, what has this done for your life? Uh, Can you imagine your life that's, without it? Uh, yeah, that's, you just hit it right there. When I look at myself and, like, how much is the most enjoyable thing that I do in life. It's mm-hmm. what I do. Right. I, I hunt mm-hmm. and, and it's year and it ends up being year round for me. I mm-hmm. mean, now hunting season's over, but now I start to like run and work on fitness because that's part of like hunting. Right. And plus I have these crazy dogs that need to get out. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's, it's the food that I eat. It's the stuff. It's what I love to do. And so having the opportunity to you know, to share that with people like these two six year old girls, Mm -hmm. if they're never shown that Mm -hmm. who knows, but they're going to be those spoiled kids that Mm -hmm. had a gun given to them on Mm -hmm. their eighth, you know, eighth grade birthday. Right. 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 And they're not going to shoot gophers, Mm -hmm. but they're going to shoot a lot of other stuff. Right. Right. (laughs) And they may enjoy it or they may not, but they'll at least have the opportunity to, to see if it's something what they want to do. Right. Absolutely. And what percentage do you think of uh, the meat you eat is from wild game? Uh, other than the pigs, it's a hundred percent. Wow. Well, we do, we buy some salmon, mm-hmm. which I wish I could catch. Right. Right. <laughs> but if the coast was right there, there'd be way too many people here. Totally. <laughs> totally. Well, there's, you can catch salmon in uh, Stanley if you want. Yeah. I can put it. Yeah. <laughs> that's harder. That's than, real that's fishing. Worse than that's ice like fishing. That, that fishing that I, 
you know what I would be doing there yeah. if somebody said, hey, let's go. I would be running the dogs right. on the hill, right? right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, whenever I go steelhead or salmon fishing, mm-hmm. I feel like if I catch one fish, that's the day. Like, that's, that's the day. Eight hours, one fish, it's made the entire day. If you don't, it was a giant waste of time. That's how I always feel every time I go steelhead or salmon fishing. Um, Versus going on a chucker hunt where you get skunked. It's a great day. Like, <laughs> right? I'm tired. Uh-huh. The dogs are tired. Yep. I saw some great country. Right. Um, when you always I, see something new. Yeah. Always. I, I just... And you wonder how many, and you wonder how many people have stepped foot in some of the places Mm -hmm. that you've stepped foot in and, and how far back does that go? Uh, you may, your foot might be somewhere that no other foot has touched for the last 30 years, which I love thinking about that while I'm up there. Well, and you touched too on that other part of hunting that is just so cool, which is you end up being in these places you would never, ever be. Mm-hmm. That's what Mr. Foster always says. Mm-hmm. You know Mr. Yeah. Yep. That's what he always says. It's like, you would never be here in the dark, mm-hmm. off this trail, with those stars, right. with that, you know. I've been out, you know, hiking in, and you hear the snow the snow geese flights in the dark, uh-huh. you know, at that time of year. And you're, in, you're not on a trail, and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, it's so awesome. The woman that I took out this year, um, I teach astronomy now, so my star mm-hmm. finding is pretty great. So yeah. it was just like we'd go for a while. It was tiring, and then go through the stars, and mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was just that's it's just awesome. Awesome, yeah. Um, well, and as a teacher, as an educator, it's got to be awesome to be able to teach mm-hmm. people hands on in the mountains about yeah. things that you know <laughs> yeah. and things that you even are talking about in the classroom. Now you can apply them yeah. while you're out in yeah. the field. Yeah. I mean, maybe that, that's something I've never even like put together. Like, mm-hmm. why do I enjoy doing this? Well, why do I even enjoy teaching? Right. I like, I enjoy sharing. And, mm-hmm. um, so no, it's, that's it, awesome. And even, even the conversations that you and I have, have shaped me into the hunter that I am because I, you know, maybe I wouldn't care as much about the meat, uh, if I didn't have people like mm-hmm. you in my life continually pounding me on, what do you mean you made a bad shot? What do you like? What do you like? I, you need those people who are around who can, who can give you some advice on when you screwed up and, and how you can do better. Um, and even, even talking about guns, like you are a gunsmith at this point where you know, your gun in and out, you've shot it. I mean, you, how many, how many bullets you put through your gun before you even start sighting it in? Quite a few. You got to break. <laughs> yeah, you got to break those things in. Right. I would like to shoot more these days, but right. ammunition's oh, kind of hard. I, know. <laughs> I have. I literally have six boxes that I bought two years ago, yeah. and I still am on a uh, like a pre-order where I <laughs> I'm still in a pre-order, and they still say backlogged yeah. on these on this ammo, and it's been a From, year now. Yeah, uh, for this particular caliber that I really like. Yeah, it's it's black. It's actually black market now. Yeah. Like I reload, <laughs> and I pick up powder tomorrow. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, totally. So, like that's where we are. Right. And uh, it, anyway, hopefully we come out of that fairly soon because I sure like to. You know, I like to shoot a lot. Yeah, and practice is you know practice is a part of it. Mm-hmm. But I already, I have some reloading stuff set aside for. You know, the, the late there, actually there are two women that are, I'm working with. One didn't get the elk this year and, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, super fun. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Well, thanks so much for coming on. This yeah. was awesome. We'll have to have you on again, uh, especially if you think of any any stories that pop up that would be great to tell. We'd love to have you on. And as you continue hunting, if any stories pop up that are current, let's bring you back in and we'll focus on that story and tell it. Okay. That sounds great. Thank I you so much for it. the fish. It was yeah. wonderful. Enjoy. Will do. <laughs>